0: fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Stu and I talk about all the time how we we know names, but we're both so freaked out about names, getting it wrong, forgetting whatever, that we just don't do it. We just, we're like, "Uh, here's a person. (laughs) What's their name? I don't know. Ask him. I don't know. Uh, And I think a lot of people are like that. George Washington always felt disadvantaged and was always really weird around people like Thomas Jefferson, who were formally educated and, you know, had gone to university and everything else. Washington was a brilliant man, but he always felt inferior in a room and it bothered him a lot. Uh, I am about to step into a room with one of the smartest guys I've run into. I I had no idea that his father was Andrew Claven a very good friend I had I didn't even I, when I looked at the name Spencer Claven it didn't even register with me and I'm I just pick up this book um it was recommended and so I'm like yeah that sounds good the American uh, or how to save the West How to save the West I've read a lot of these books and it's like yeah yeah I got it I got it I got it this thing is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I come in about halfway through the book and I, I come in and I said to my producers, we gotta get Spencer Cl- uh, Clavin on. And one of my producers says, oh man, he is great. I'm so glad, have you read his book? And I said, yeah. And uh, she said, uh, uh, you know who his dad is, right? And I'm like, N- no like Clavin. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I'm a little, I'm just, this could go awry. Stu, you may have to help me out because the guy's brilliant, uh, a little intimidating, but his book is so great and so easy to read and spot on. I'm excited for him to share it with you in 60 seconds. Love working with companies that not only provide the highest level of service, but also are on the same page as The Republic. It's becoming increasingly rare, but one of my favorite companies is Patriot Mobile. Their goal isn't just to give you a cheaper, better experience with a cell phone company, which they do. But they also stand with you in defense of our liberties and our values. Patriot Mobile. They're the only American Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer dependable nationwide service on all three major networks. So you're going to get the best possible service in your area. But they aren't simultaneously helping, you know, abort babies in the back. Here's the thing. Patriot Mobile, you switch over now. They're going to make it really easy to switch. Uh, it will you will save you money. You're you're getting the same coverage because they're on the same towers as the big three. So switch and join them in the fight to save save the republic. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there, by the way. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck, PatriotMobile.com slash Beck, or call 878 Patriot. Offer code Beck free activation today. 878 Patriot. Spencer.
2: How are you, sir? Glenn, I'm doing so well. It's uh it's great to be here. I was listening to you talk about me before the break. I was thinking, who's this guy he's talking about? <laughs> this <sounds> terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I promise I'm not that scary. Uh,
1: I know it's, we've it's met before, yeah. haven't we? We met at your yeah. dad's house, dad and mom's house. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh yeah. years ago Thanks. and and I remember thinking, boy, these parents of this man, they are amazing. And now reading your book I have to tell you I I love your father I love him to death He has you, got <laughs> to be just beaming with what you have written This is brilliant
2: <laughs> Spencer really is I'm 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 very touched by that thank you I was extremely lucky in both of my Parents, my mom and my dad. My yeah. father, of course, disavows all ownership over me, and uh, we like to joke that we're not related to one another. But no, he's, um, <laughs> no. I, I learned a great deal of what I know from him, and in part, I wrote this book um, out of the the love that he instilled in me of, yeah. of great literature and, and of West. So, sure.
1: so let's let's talk about it. Um, you break up the saving of the West into uh, five different categories the crisis of reality the crisis of body the crisis of meaning the crisis of religion and the crisis of regime you start with uh reality and uh it's just it's so spot on can you take us there first
2: absolutely yeah let me say a little bit for a second about what i mean by the word crisis uh because i think that's one of the most overused words in the world. You know, you wake up every morning and there's a supply chain crisis and a COVID crisis and any number of other things. And, you know, of course, many of those things are quite serious and and troublesome. But when I use the word crisis, I'm I'm drawing on this uh, Greek idea, which is where the word comes from. The Greek verb krino means to judge or to make a decision. And so a a crisis is a time for choosing. It's a moment of being presented with two fundamentally unreconcilable ways of looking at the world and so when let me I let me hang, hang out
1: just a second let me just say to the audience the whole book is like that and it's fantastic <laughs> anyway go ahead
2: <laughs> that's uh <laughs> here i am this is my jam no yeah. i yeah <laughs> absolutely i mean you know this once you start to see this the reason that the book is is written this way so once you start to see this you understand that underneath the kind of daily news cycle stories that we're constantly inundated with. They all feel kind of confusing and disorienting. Um, but that's because we, we haven't really connected ourselves to the deeper questions that are at stake uh, behind some of these things. You know, you hear about things like the metaverse and virtual reality, which is how the book starts. Or you, you hear about you know all this new kind of tech and the strange things that are happening. Um, and what this stuff is really doing is it's forcing us to grapple with some of the most fundamental questions that humankind has ever wrestled with. And weirdly, that's kind of good news because it means we're not alone. It means that the, you know, the greatest minds that have ever lived have wrestled and thought with this stuff. We don't have to face it just based on what the CDC or the WEF says tomorrow or Dr. Fauci comes up with five minutes ago. We actually have resources for dealing with this. And the very first question that we are up against, when, whenever we start to think about these profound questions, is the crisis of reality. And that's is there anything that is absolutely true and absolutely false, no matter who says otherwise? Um, or is it all just kind of my truth, your truth, and that's sort of how we how we feel about it? And this is one of the most ancient questions in philosophy. It's how the book begins, because I think it's the first question you have to answer before you can proceed in any sort of meaningful
1: direction. So can you, I mean, you lay out the case so well. Can you give a two-minute uh, version of reality and the collapse of reality and and what we're really, we should be asking ourselves?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So from the very beginning of Western thought, there has been this temptation to say, Well, how can we really know anything that's true or false? And the temptation is always that if you don't, you know, have to acknowledge reality, if you don't have to say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman, that, you know, good is good and wrong is wrong, um, then you can do all sorts of things. You can gain all sorts of power over the world by twisting and distorting reality. But the thing that I argue in the book is there is no halfway house on this stuff. People think that they can say, oh, well, it's just my truth and your truth when it comes to you know morality but i want to fight for social justice and i want to believe in the good and the and the virtuous well the thing about it is if you're talking about if you want to do anything good or virtuous you have to believe there's such a thing as goodness and virtue and that means that there actually is truth we can know it and unless we believe that all we are is uh, grappling for power with one another and and that's what we're seeing right now
1: so the crisis of meaning we have lost meaning of words and of life. Talk about that.
2: Yes, that's right. Well, when you talk about meaning, you, you're you saying that the words we use aren't just, you know, word games. They're not just for fun. They're actually referring to something outside of ourselves, outside of the human body, outside of just our little, you know, minds and the way we happen to want to live our Lives. And the reason that this is so difficult for people is that if you're talking about things that are outside of yourself, you're ultimately going to get to the thing that is highest above you, that is most outside of you. That's the supernatural and that's the divine. And we've been sold this bill of goods that, you know, God and theology, this is a kind of backwards, outdated superstition. Nobody believes in that anymore. Um, and the more we do that, the blinder we become to this whole universe that still exists. It doesn't stop existing just because we say it's not there. We just don't realize what we're doing. And so we become these kind of blind worshipers of, you know, the science or BLM or whatever we want to bend the knee to. Um, And we don't realize that we've just become pagan worshipers by another name. Um, And so to really recover a sense of meaning that won't inflame us, but will set us free, we've got to let the divine back into our lives. So
1: um, we have just— You know, we see half the country um, and there's a lot of people like, for instance, I think Elon Musk is one of these. You have a lot of really great people who are probably more classical liberals uh, that have have looked at things and went, "Okay, wait, there's no evidence. In fact, all the evidence goes in the opposite direction. We got to stop this. And they're not changing. You know, they're not suddenly becoming conservatives, but Half of the country is just locked in on things that do not make sense. They didn't make sense in theory, and now we're seeing the fruits of it all across the country.
2: Uh, What is
1: happening to them and how do we
2: reconnect? Well, I think that those people that you're describing who are, you know, I would say enthralled to a kind of woke dogma. um, Those people are being offered an alternative religion. And it doesn't call itself a religion, but it has all the characteristics of a religion. It involves begging for forgiveness. It involves this Mm -hmm. ultimate kind of quest for apocalyptic utopia, where everything is going to come out okay, and the world is going to be cleansed in a divine fire. Um, It has all the hallmarks of religion because people are craving, craving something that gives meaning and direction to their lives. And I think that as conservatives as people that think this stuff doesn't make any sense, we have to recognize that we're not just going to argue people out of this by, you know, presenting them a, a budget sheet by saying, "Oh, the economy is going to go better if you do it this way rather than that way." What we actually have to say is the thing that you're yearning for, the, the meaning, the the significance, the passion that you are yearning for in this woke madness, the reality of it, the truth of it, is in the great tradition, is in the divine truths of scripture, is in the great adventure of philosophy. Um, we've got to present this stuff as the joy that it is, and that's cultural, that's spiritual, that's not just political. So I think that the You know the right and even just normal people that can see this stuff is going terribly wrong, um, we're going to have to offer a countervailing vision, a vision of the great tradition and the great adventure that we're all on of carrying that flame forward because that's the only thing that can answer the real needs of the human heart.
1: Spencer Clavin, the name of the book is How to Save the West. Spencer, if you don't mind, hang on for 60 seconds. We'll come back with um, more uh, with How to Save the West. It's available wherever you buy your books. This half hour is brought to you by good ranchers this summer it's not only time to get up and fire up that grill it's uh time to make everybody on the block go what who is cooking what that smells yeah yeah i like to do it if i have a neighbor like Stu, vegan oh i put my grill right at the fence right at the fence
0: i'm not for him but for everybody else in the family that he is depriving. I, I of have those. a grill. I grill all the time. I'm not nice. vegan. I, there's so many mistakes in this analogy. I can't even, I can't cover them. Who are you going to buy? Who are you going to believe? Him or me? That's okay. a good point. You
1: come here because you know who's telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Some of, occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally. Anyway, uh, Good Ranchers. <laughs> good Ranchers uh, has American beef from American ranchers. You're going to love this beef. It's so good. So tender. All comes from local farms and ranchers, uh, ranches. Uh, It also, you're doing good by going to Good Ranchers. They donate 10 meals uh, for every box ordered, 10 meals to Americans in need. That's over a million meals so far. So you're doing good while you're eating well. You're having great beef. And they have a special $30 off of any box at GoodRanchers.com. Plus, here's the extra added benefit. Uh, you've heard of this thing that is totally transitory called inflation. If the price of beef keeps going up, and oh, it will, uh, you've locked in your price. So as long as you're doing business with good ranchers, you lock in your price of the meat right now. American meat delivered to your door. Goodranchers.com. Use the promo code Beck, save thirty bucks. Goodranchers.com, promo code Beck. Ten seconds, station ID. Spencer, you're the my favorite kind of intellectual. You don't lord it over anybody's head, and even though there is there is one sentence in your book that I think has three words that I've never heard of before uh, i I still I get it. you're not talking over people's heads uh you get it and uh i I just
2: I you think, know go ahead. I actually did not go to grad school for the purposes of feeling better than everybody else. I think that puts me in a vanishingly small minority. But yeah, it yeah, does. That is, that it, <laughs> yeah, it
1: does. It, it does. For us. does. It you're does not for us, right? I mean, yeah. You're not spouting knowledge to show everybody how smart you are. You are connecting the dots and telling stories that, you know, most of us haven't learned, or we learned a little bit and forgot, uh, and you've thought deeply about them. And we are at a time. I've been saying this forever. We have to define what life is because AI is coming and people will say that's alive. So what do you do? But if it's alive, are you a slave owner by keeping it and we're having it work for you for free? Should it vote if it's alive? I mean, we are are going to have to re-answer all of the most basic questions. And I think that's what your book gets
2: to. That's absolutely right. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it speaks actually to what you were saying about not lording the, you know, the great books or the canon over people. Um, That's incredibly important to me. That's, you know, really personal from my perspective, because these things, these books that sit up on the shelf and we kind of think of them as, you know, big, scary words, Plato's Republic, Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, you know, uh, we treat them as if they're beyond us or even maybe they're kind of, you know, outdated or they're, they're not worth reading. And we've been told this by our kind of cultural legislators, by the people that said, hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go. And for me, growing up in a house filled with these books, one thing I really quickly realized is that these great minds are not there to intimidate us. They're mm-hmm. actually our greatest friends in the world. Mm-hmm. They're there to teach us about what it means to be human and how to be good at being human. And that's not something for eggheads like me to specialize in. That's something for everybody to care deeply about. We all do. And so when you crack open a book like that, you'll find so much more sanity and common sense oh, yeah. than you will from our kind of modern gurus and, on, on a lot of this.
1: Stuff. And what's amazing is you you find that you are not alone. That yes. I mean, I remember when I first – I had to be 30 when I first started writing, reading Plato – I mean really reading it to learn something and I was shocked at how relevant it was it was like oh my gosh I'm struggling with that now oh my gosh I I understand that problem and we 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 lose that because our history has been so poorly taught that we we think these things are just incredibly boring but the answers are all there because these are eternal truths, or at least the search for an eternal truth. Um, <clears throat> y- you say, um, save, save the West, um, and we are looking at a time where it looks like America could, I mean, just go down at any time. Um, is, there, is there anything about uh, this time that gives you hope that you're seeing that we are different than the past uh, or is it kind of inevitable?
2: You know, this is one of those questions that I have wrestled with myself and I know probably everybody listening to us right now is, is worried about, this very thing. What's going to happen to us? And a lot of the times this gets framed in terms of like, are you an optimist or are you a pessimist, right? Do you think everything is going to go great or everything is going to go poorly? Mm. And one thing I've realized is that both optimism and pessimism are kind of mistakes because they're predictions about the future If you're an optimist, you think everything's going to go well. Maybe you don't work hard to preserve the great tradition. If you're a pessimist, you think it's going to go badly. Why would you do anything? And so my question always is where do you put your hope? Where does your hope lie? Because hope is a virtue. It's, it's actually one of the central Christian virtues. And my hope is in this tradition that I am delivering, which has endured both the rising and the falling of great nations. It doesn't matter. It's a matter of indifference. It what, what ha- doesn't mean it's a matter of indifference what happens in our politics. It just means that the things of the world, which are beyond our control, are going to transpire, you know, whether we choose them or not. That's how it works what's in our control is the preservation of the western tradition of virtue of the small human sized face to face practice of courage integrity uh, reason uh, prudence these sorts yeah. of things which people like Plato talk about, they take place at the dinner table. They take yeah. place in neighborhoods. They take place in schools. And that's why we're seeing so much energy in these local communities. Even as everything seems to be going terribly wrong on the world stage, the more people invest in their states, in their towns, in their families, in their churches, um, the more we start to see that actually you know, the West is not some grand narrative that's outside of our uh, understanding or control. The, the West answer. is us. Um
1: I, I have to thank you. Please tell your father he should have laid claim to you and then tell yeah. your mother she did a great job of raising you. Uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. That on. <laughs> fantastic. Thank you. Um, how to save the West. You want real answers? Really well thought out answers? How to save the West. Available everywhere.
0: The Glenn Beck
1: Program. Brian lives in uh, Alabama. Uh, I have to have him back for a podcast. You need an hour to listen to him. My gosh, it's just so well thought out. Brian lives in Alabama. Over the past few years, he's been uh, suffering from uh, pain so frequent and debilitating that it has limited his mobility. He was barely able to get around the house, let alone out and, you know, doing a normal daily life. He was beginning to despair. He had tried what he thought was everything, uh, and it didn't work or it left him feeling so, you know, non lucid that uh he just couldn't take it brian heard me talking about relief factor decided to try it What do he have to lose turns out what he had to lose was 90 percent of his pain he says in the first three weeks brian got his life back and so could you the three-week quick start 1995 it's a trial pack because it's not the same for everybody everybody's different but hundreds of thousands of people have ordered relief factor and about 70 percent uh f- go on to order more. They find themselves like me. Relieffactor.com. 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference.
0: Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code FEDUP. Save 30 bucks off your annual subscription to Blaze TV.
1: want you to hear um from cnn the corporate cost of culture wars they're asking should businesses back away from this because what happened to bud light and what's currently going on with target listen to the analysis
0: what advice could you give companies that sort of get
1: swept up in this
3: well um The issue is who are you beholden to? Are you beholden? You're beholden to many different uh, stakeholders, but in particular, you're beholden to your investors and uh, investors are not showing, uh, are not pulled back from looking at how companies There's a lot more on this,
1: but let me just, let me stop it there. You're beholden to many stakeholders. Okay. That's ESG talk. And uh, you're really, you have to answer to the shareholders. So who are the shareholders of Target? You ready? Vanguard with 9%. BlackRock, 9%. State Street, 8%. Then another Vanguard fund uh, with 3%. Then Wells Fargo, then Bank of America, then another Vanguard 500 Index fund. They're only talking about 12 people. You've got maybe 12 people that are really diehard into ESG at the top of these companies, and they're the ones telling these companies, you do this. Good luck with that, Target. Allie Stuckey is uh, with me now from Blaze TV. Um, Hi, Allie. How are you? Um, I know you've been all over this, um, and it has been shocking I walked into Target last Friday and I didn't, I didn't know if it had been going on. Apparently it had just gone up and I looked at my wife and I said, we are not shopping here. Yeah. This is, this is way over the line.
3: Right. Right.
1: And apparently I wasn't alone with that.
3: Yeah, you know, some people started boycotting a long time ago. I started boycotting a year ago, so I was even kind of late to the game. In some ways, some people were boycotting when they were allowing men into women's restrooms, which Mm -hmm. they were ahead of the game on that. Um, But I started boycotting last year when I saw that they were selling, in the name of Pride Month, these compression tops, which they're selling again this year, for young girls who want to pretend to be boys, to look like boys. And I just thought, there's really no more wicked message than that, that your body is bad, that Mm -hmm. God made a mistake with you. And we will help you cover up the body that God gave you so that you can pretend to be something else. Like how self-loathing is that? And then now, as you've already talked about, they have the same thing for boys with the tucking swimsuits and all that. And I just said, you know what? I don't boycott everything. I don't divest from every corporation that doesn't agree with all my values, but I'm already spending too much money at Target. Those Target runs end up, you know, yeah. racking the bill with things that you don't really need. And I can't spend that much money on a company that is directly opposing everything that I am fighting for. So I know it sounds difficult, but I stopped shopping there a year ago and I haven't looked back.
1: I have to tell you, uh, I, I think... I think if this becomes a Bud Light thing, the entire thing begins to fall apart because Bud Light expected a hit and then turn it around. But if people start to look at Target like I now look at Target and go, you are an enemy to my family. Yes. um, Then things begin to change. When somebody walks into the kitchen with a Target bag and somebody else says, you shopped at Target? Right. That's when it's over.
3: Yep, absolutely. And they just took it a step too far, even for the people who are like, okay, I can tolerate the rainbows. That's fine. It's one segment, whatever. But when you're talking about bathing suits meant to cover up male genitalia for um, pretty young boys, it looks like, depending on you know the product that you're looking at. I mean, really, if you're associating with that. And I just want to say, because it's really suburban women, suburban moms that are propping up Target. And I would say a lot of Christian women, a lot of women go there specifically for Chip and Joanna's Magnolia line.
1: That's another one yes. people should be writing to Chip and Joanna and saying, Are you seeing what's going on? How can you remain silent with a partner that is doing this? I mean, I know they have contracts and it you know something you walk away from but you should at least speak out.
3: Right. And you know they're it's not like they don't speak out about other things because right. a few years ago after the whole George Floyd debacle they did make statements about you know the dangers of racism and white supremacy and doing better and doing the work. So they're okay with speaking out about some social justice issues. But guys, you have represented yourself as strong Christians, as defenders of the Christian faith and family. And family And so at this point, I do think that their silence is strange.
1: Yeah. So do you think this is something that we've seen the biggest part of? Or do you think this becomes a Bud Light thing?
3: I think that as long as those of us who have a microphone or anyone who has influence, whether it's small or large, continues this, continues to double down, don't take their little statements, they're moving the segments to other parts of the store as, oh, we won. No, you double down. I'm asking people, at least for the month of June, and I know some people think that they're totally dependent on Target, and that's another conversation for another day. At least for the month of June, women. Christian women, suburban moms, do not shop at Target, at least for the month of June. I think that can make a difference.
1: I I will tell you, um, they will wait it out. Um, But Bud Light is now six weeks into it. Is that right? Six, seven weeks? Yes. Six weeks. Mm -hmm. And they're down 30% or 29% now. And they're freaking out now. They expect us, because we don't do this, they expect us just to go along. And I I think there's we've hit a turning point in all of this um, to where people uh, with Bud Light they were it doesn't make sense that we didn't do anything about Nike and yet here comes Bud Light and all of a sudden there's something that has happened in the minds of Americans yeah and I'm hoping that this is the next shoot to fall because if it happens to Target. And Bud Light, the number one beer in America. It happens to those two. It will put all corporations on notice. Something's changed. We're not. They're not going to take it.
3: Mm-hmm. Look, the idea of boys being able to come become girls and vice versa and all of the bodily mutilation that we've seen come from that whether you consider yourself an independent or whether you're a christian or not that's just too far for people i mean obviously as a christian i'm for traditional marriage and all of that but even just for the non-religious non-conservative person the idea of a little boy being told to talk is just too far it's insanity and i think that's why i think that's why it's changed to this year i think that's why there's more vitriol and because there's a lot of disgust and a lot of depravity that people don't want to be a part of
1: it's evil mm-hmm. it's evil and it is it is so it is a slap against the face of every woman every girl to bind would anyone go to a place that's like hey women you should bind your feet like they used to in in uh, china right no we know that's horrible you now want to bind women's breasts and this is, this is so far over the line that, uh, and, yeah. and then on top of it, the fact that they are doing business with a designer who is a Satanist and has no problem saying it, and some of his designs are like, Uh, What was it? Satan. uh... Satan
3: respects pronouns. Yeah. Also murderous things of like uh, time's up for homophobes or a homophobe headrest, which was actually a picture of a guillotine. Guillotine. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a murderous person that the people at Target were like, yes, we want to partner with you.
1: I can't believe how deeply it goes, because that's not that's not just a corporate decision to say, hey, let's get into the LGBTQ because of the. The S in ESG. No, no, no. This is a fundamental problem in Target. If your company has now started to bring Satanists in, known Satanists, and you're selling their product that talks about Satan, you've got a deep, deep problem at the core of you. And by ignoring it, it doesn't get better. It will only get worse. Don't. Do not shop at Target. Don't. Tell everybody you know. Don't. I'm telling you, this is a big moment. If we actually take this moment seriously and start drawing lines in the sand and saying, No, you might make all your money on Wall Street, but you will not make it from me. You'll change the world. You'll change the world.
3: Yes and amen.
1: Keep the, uh, keep the fight going.
3: Thank you. You Thank too. You,
1: you bet. Uh, all right. Our sponsor this half hour is Goldline. We are looking at, did you, Stu was saying earlier today on the, on the Ron DeSantis uh, Twitter thing last night, that they were talking about the central bank digital currency. And, uh, you know, where he stood on this and they were mocking it. The the New New York York Times
0: Times. mocking the idea that they would even discuss something like that. Like it's crazy. I mean, who doesn't if you have your eyes open just
1: a little bit, by the way, count yourself uh, uh, way ahead of everybody else. I think this audience is more prepared for what is coming down the road than any other audience. Maybe in the world, because you've had your eyes open for a long time. Um, Now, when it comes to a digital currency, I'm not saying it's the mark of the beast, but I'm not not saying it either. Uh, It'll be the technology that the beast will use. uh, And it will any change in our currency, you will lose Well, historically, you lose between 40 and 60 percent of your dollar just changing currencies out. Could be worse because we're losing the world's reserve currency. What are you doing to have money in the end? If you have investments that you are saving for your retirement or whatever, would you please consider putting some of that in gold or silver? I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to consider it. Goldline has their historic $5 Indians and Liberty coins. You can ask them why I buy them. These are the ones I buy. They come with 100 free copper Mayflower rounds. Each qualifying tube or box of historic $5 gold coins gets the 100 free copper Mayflowers. Uh, You just go to Goldline at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com.
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Hello, you sick, twisted freak! <laughs> Get up, my phone. Welcome to the program. I'm glad you're here. I'm not. I don't mean that to you, Stu. I, thought I was looking at you when I said it. I, I didn't Thank mean you it to
0: you. I appreciate that. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? You mentioned earlier that you went through a monologue on the scientific method and mm-hmm. applying it to news gathering and what's the truth and what narrative is going to be true and I think now it is so
1: easy. Now, it, it, maybe. Eight years ago, it wasn't, mm-hmm. because everything was a hypothesis. Let's reimagine the police. Okay, no, it's not going to work, <laughs> right. but it was my word against your word. Now we have the evidence. Now we know. So everything that is happening right now, you can look at the, look at the scientific method, which is if you look at every, every story that you see as a hypothesis, then you gather the facts. And you gather the facts, and you'll see really quickly uh, no, that story's not true. And the honest people then change the hypothesis because the scientific method proves that hypothesis wrong. This is the problem with our society everybody's doubling down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Crime is through the roof. What are they doing? Doubling down. Why? Based on what evidence? Your evidence your hypothesis was we can help people. No, you're getting people killed and robbed and raped. We know that. So you got a new hypothesis? I'm less like likely to listen to you this next time. But do you have a new one? Because the
0: old one you're still operating on is wrong. Is wrong. I think looking at the news through that lens is really helpful. Because we often, I think, just kind of go into our own, our own little uh, circles and talk to people. But like, you don't, I mean, you know, the average person doesn't sit around and like, analyze every motivation behind every news story. That's not supposed to be their job. But the media is supposed to be there to, to serve people and to help them understand things. Instead, it winds up being the opposite. They're trying to hide the truth. Right. So let's just go with this. This Fox
1: News banner right now. Democrats mock GOP hearing on gas stove ban. The GOP, their hypothesis is you're banning gas stoves. Mm -hmm. The GOP or the, the Democrats are saying that's ridiculous. Well, let's see if the GOP hypothesis is correct. What do you have? 14 states that are now banning all new construction of gas stoves. You have the federal government and the EPA trying to pass regulation and get things done because they say it's indoor pollution. Well, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, how how is that? Their hypothesis <laughs> is right. The GOP, the hypothesis of the Democrats mocking and saying that's ridiculous
0: is clearly wrong. Yeah, it's funny, too, because there's just this like trail of these narratives that they often bump into each other like The narrative of this is a conspiracy theory is from two months ago. When this all started, they said it was a conspiracy theory. Of course, we're not going to do that. Well, in the interim, states like New York have come out and banned gas stoves and new construction. Correct. Right. So California, California, they're either moving or have done it. So now this old narrative whose time has run out, is still being repeated by the left. And right. you can tell the hypocrisy very easily because they're doing both of them at the same time. And so this
1: should build on itself. Like you said, they're connected. This should build on itself. Once you see, oh, that hypothesis is wrong. Wait a minute. That, that hypothesis earlier also mm-hmm. wrong. And then you said the same thing about this one, and that was wrong. Then you tie it together, and you know what source to yeah. go to. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't be trusting this source. Anymore.
0: Yeah, this source is unreliable. Unreliable. And they just think. And look, I think right. I think they're correct in this, unfortunately. But I think they just assume people won't do that work, and you shouldn't have to do that work. But you know if you don't, you will get taken by a bunch of people who want to take you. May God forget all of us who are exchanging
1: our convenience uh, for the death of our country. You, it, it's time, gang. We're no longer playing a game here. You, you have to choose. What is most important in your life? If freedom for your children is important, and I put that right at the top, that's how I prioritize my time. What you have been doing clearly isn't working. So now my hypothesis is we should get engaged. The Glenn Program.